I'm so excited to be able to come and share on Mother's Day as we celebrate moms, all types of moms. But you know, this has been a crazy season, amen, for moms and for all of us. And there's just been unprecedented times. Things are different. This is a Mother's Day like no other. So as I thought about that, I thought, you know, we just sometimes have to have a little comedic relief. And so I just wanted to share some things that have been so crazy and so different the last few weeks. You know, one of my friends called and I heard recently that she said, you know, we decided to go shopping. My husband and I, we needed some groceries. And so we put our mask on and we went grocery shopping and we came home and we did everything right. We put the groceries up and she said, we took our mask off and she said, I brought home the wrong husband. You know, it's, it's, it's wild out there. There's so much going on. So there's so many firsts. There's so many things. How about homeschooling? How about you moms who for the very first time are homeschooling? One of my friends who is a kindergarten teacher, she said after a few days of quarantine, the moms were all calling her one in particular that said, what do you do with this child all day long? So it's a whole new world out there. I have a friend who also has a master's degree in education. And so for the very first time, she's trying to homeschool her children. And she said, a few days went past and she found her little eight-year-old daughter's journal. And in the journal that her daughter had written, please God, please help this quarantine to end suddenly because I need to go back to school. My friend was just devastated. I have a degree in education and I can't homeschool homeschool my own kids. You know, hey, what about masks? People wearing masks all of a sudden. I've seen masks made up out of all kinds of things you don't even want to know. Toilet paper shortage? Are you kidding me? We've never had a toilet paper shortage. My husband is always going to have toilet paper in the house. If we're going to have coffee and toilet paper, should the end of the world come, for sure. So the toilet paper has been such a, a strange thing. You know, how about Zoom? Eight weeks ago, I had never heard of Zoom, and now I'm living on Zoom. When people say, what are you doing? I'm Zooming, we're Zooming. Hey, how about TikTok? And all the young people said, oh yeah, like, right, where have you been? I mean, it's TikTok. I thought TikTok was the sound of the, the clock in the crocodile's belly on a Peter Pan movie. You know, all of these new things, there's so many firsts, just unprecedented firsts. You know, Pop said he had to go to Home Depot. One day he just needed to go to Home Depot. It was just imperative. He had a list, he had to get to Home Depot, had it in his mind, and so he goes and he stands 45 minutes in line to get into Home Depot, and he gets into Home Depot, and you know what he did? He called me and said, why am I in Home Depot? You see, there's so many firsts. It's just unprecedented. There's so many things that are going on. Hey, how about quarantined hair? I mean, I don't get it. We're quarantined, but we still have water and we still have electricity. I don't know. I did the same thing. Quarantined hair, we called it. We didn't wash our hair for days. I just can't figure it out while we all fell into that routine. But again, we can, we can laugh and we can joke and take things like, because it's been a tough, tough few weeks for everyone. And again, especially moms. So many firsts for, for our moms. You know, in the Bible, there's a, uh, there's a rule in the Bible, as Bible scholars will tell you, as you go to study the Bible, it's called the rule of first mention. And that means simply that when you want to study a subject, what, what you do is you go to the very first time it was mentioned. And you would find, you'll find it in its simplest, purest form. And from that point, you can build on it if you're studying a subject. So as I thought about mothers and I thought about Mother's Day, you know, I thought about the very first time that mothers or women are mentioned 
mentioned in the Bible. And that is our key scripture today. I want to talk to you about you are a unique design. God has created you uniquely, individually. And you can see that in Genesis 1:27. It says, so God created man in his own image. Male and female, he created them. Woman was created in God's image. You know, sometimes I think it's easy for us to see God the Father, and we see Jesus the Son. But sometimes what about women? What is that image that we were created in? And I thought about the precious Holy Spirit. You know, He's the third person of the Godhead. And we were created with some of those same aspects. We were created uh, to be the comforter, to encourage. You know, the Bible talks about that the Holy Spirit is the, the helper. He's the bystander. You know, it says that woman was created. She came out of the side of man. She's the helper, created to be a helper. We can see so beautifully the aspects and the character of women. Amen. So you were created uniquely and designed exactly the way God intended you to be. You know, I was studying and I, I came across an interesting note, a scientific research study, and I thought it was just interesting to, to talk about because today we're talking about mothers, all types of mothers. And this scientific research said that, you know, there's a blueprint for mothering behavior that exists in the brain even before children. You know, we just read that God created us in His image. He created us to be moms. He created us to nurture, to comfort, to encourage. And I know sometimes when we've not been birth moms, Maybe we're adoptive moms or stepmoms or even spiritual moms. You know, sometimes we need to know and be encouraged that God already has a blueprint in our brain. Researchers said that perhaps motherhood is like a secret place in a woman's brain waiting to be discovered. There's just that in our brains. I think that's interesting. We already knew that God created us that way. Researchers also noted that the parental role in fathers also makes pathways in the brain. And it went on to say that simply by practicing day-to-day -day caregiving. The reason why I share that is because we were designed to be caregivers and to nurture and to love one another. Amen. So I don't know about you, but if you, as I said before, maybe you're an adoptive mom or you're a stepmom. Maybe you're still waiting on your babies. Maybe you have babies in heaven. But God sees you and he knows your unique step. I thought about even I have had a spiritual mom. I hope that many of you had the opportunity to have a spiritual mom. I, I had a spiritual mom. She's in heaven and she was a great lady. And I tell you what, she would go bear hunting with a switch if she thought something was coming against me. She stood for me. She prayed for me. She loved me. Spiritual moms are important. So today I just wanted to say that we celebrate all types of moms. John 10.10 says, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. To steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, but I've come to give you an abundant life. And when I meditated on that scripture, so many times I've thought about this. You know, the enemy comes to steal. What does he want to steal? He wants to, he wants to disappoint us. What does he come to kill? He wants to discourage us and ultimately destroy us. You know, when I, I did a study on the word dis, the, the, the prefix to those words were disappoint. You know, that means dis means simply to take apart, to come away from, to disassociate with, to dis destroy to come apart. And so when you see dis, uh, disappoint, that means that something's trying to get you to disconnect from your appointment in God. So you can look and you can say, okay, what's happening right now? Why is this coming against me right now? Something wants me to disconnect. Devalue is another one of those definitions. Devalue, disconnect, dissolve.
resolve from my appointment in God. You know, discouragement the same way. When the enemy shoots these arrows of disappointment or discouragement because, it, because he's trying to get us to disconnect or devalue our courage and ultimately destroy us. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life, an abundant life. So hopefully today we can share a light on a couple of points to help us not just, you know, you've heard it say before, we don't want to just survive in these times. We want to thrive. We want to see God take us and to bring back our courage, to, to set us back in our appointment so that we can see the hand of God move in our lives during this season. You know, I want to talk to you today about, you know, we need to be ourselves, all that God has designed us to be. So I want to tell you today, the title of our message is, You Are Uniquely Designed. Some ways that come to devalue our uniqueness. I just talked about how the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Some ways that I see that devalue our uniqueness. Number one is, if you're taking notes, write this down. Comparison. Comparison kills our contentment. And it causes us to lose who we are. 2 Corinthians 10, 12 says, We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. Isn't that interesting? That's the Word of God. The Bible says we don't dare to classify or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. I don't know about you, but right now there's a lot out there that people are saying, I know the way. I have it all together. This is the way you should do it. This is the way you should do it. They're commending themselves. The Bible already says, he says, and you know what? We who commend, he says, do not compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. It says, when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. The Bible's already told them, told us that to compare is not wise. You know, an original is worth far more than a copy. The master creates the original. You know, you don't see people breaking in uh, the dollar store to steal a, a copy of a painting or something that's, that's $2.30. But you know what? The art that the master creates is valuable and it's worthy. It's worthy. It's unique. It is uniquely designed. You know, right now there's so much to bring us stress and, and comparison in these days. You know, as we talked about homeschool, what are the homeschool rules? I've been talking to moms so much and some of them say, you know, my kids are sleeping in till noon. They're getting up. They're playing on their devices a little bit. And then maybe we get to homeschooling in the afternoon. I don't know what to do. Other moms are like, some of my friends, I've been seeing their social media posts. They've got everybody down on the ground at 7 a.m. in the morning. They're all doing push-ups and they're all getting it together. And then you see they do their homeschool work and then they're all out taking a walk in the park and a hike in the park. That's amazing. But both of them are okay. It's unique to you. Your situation is unique to you. How about what's for dinner? I mean, some of our moms are like, look, I'm doing good to get a box pizza. And some of my other moms who I love, they said, no, I'm taking this time out right now to figure out how to cook better, how to be healthier, how to, how to eat organically. You know what? Each one is uniquely designed. I told Pastor Adam, he was raised in the 70s. I told him, I said, look, you had your own personal chef. His name was Chef Boyardee. Amen. So much to bring us stress and comparison in these days. How about birthdays, drive-by birthdays, graduation? How do we handle all that? One mom is doing it this way. Another mom is doing it this way. You develop what's unique to you. Amen. In order to be irreplaceable, this is a quote, in order to be irreplaceable, one must always be different. That's a quote by Coco Chanel. You want to be irreplaceable. 
you have to be different. You don't want to be like everyone else. God has a unique plan for you. I think about a puzzle. My daughter-in-law that just introduced me, she loves puzzles. And I think about those puzzle pieces. You know, you don't want to say, I want to be that other puzzle piece over there if you fit right here to complete the picture. Because you're valuable and you're unique to that puzzle, to that frame, to that artwork, to whatever God is doing in your life. We don't need, if we don't connect, we tend to compete. If we don't connect, we tend to compare. See, when we're connected with each other, then we know we can bear each other's burdens and stand for each other and use even what the other person may have instead of comparing and being critical of what others have that maybe we don't have. You know, the second thing I see that comes to devalue our uniqueness is point number two, if you're taking notes, hoarding negative thoughts or offense. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. You know, hoarding negative thoughts will cause a bitter root to get down in our hearts and spring up. And the Bible even says that that bitter root, it says in Hebrews 12, 15, it says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. If we're not taking those thoughts captive, the Bible says it will get down in there and it will take root. And guess what it does? It defiles many. It's not, you can't just say, well, this is just my thoughts. This is my negative thoughts. I'm hoarding these thoughts. You know, I think Pop told me a story one time about there was an old man back in the day that had a junkyard. And supposedly everything in that junkyard was for sale. But he collected all kinds of junk. He had all kinds of stuff. And Pop said as, as boys, they would go over to the old man and they'd say, hey, how about that bicycle tire? I need that bicycle tire over there. And the old man would go, nope, might need it. And so everything they said, they'd come back a week later and say, hey, how about that wheelbarrow over there? No, might need it. You see, we hoard negative thoughts because we think we might need them. You know why we think we might need them? Because they give us an excuse. They give us an excuse not to love again. They give us an excuse not to trust again. They give us an excuse to not jump off in the deep end because we've had some negative experience. I want to tell you about two examples in the Bible, two different families that were affected by what could have happened in their lives, what did happen in their lives, by offensive things that happened to them. And the first one that I see is in Mark 6, 25. We won't read the entire uh, chapter, but if you have time, go back and read this. And the story goes that Herodias was married to Herod, and she had been his brother's wife. And Herod had taken her and married her. And this was during the time of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist had said to Herod, that's not right. You've taken your brother's wife. You are in the wrong. And so it says that Herodias had bitterness in her heart. She harbored these things in her heart. And so there came a day that when, when Herod had a great party. And the story goes that Herodias' daughter came and danced before the king. And the king was so impressed. He was so impressed with her. We don't know what had gone on at the party while he was in this mood. But he said, you can have up to half my kingdom. The daughter goes to her mother, Herodias. She says, what should I ask for? This power was put in the hands of Herodias, just like it is in our hands, moms and parents, that we have this power. What do we do in this moment? It was put into her hands. Did she, does she act out of bitterness or does she act out of forgiveness? And at that moment, she made a choice and she told her daughter, ask for the head of John the Baptist. Now, we don't know any more about that. We don't hear any more about them. But I would imagine that that daughter had to live with that offense, with the terrible thing that happened, because that's what happened in that family, because a bitter root had taken root and sprung up. And it says it defiles many. 
And then we go on the, the second story where how our family was affected. And I love this story. This is this when I first became a Christian, Christian, this marked me. It's in Genesis 45. You know, it's the story of Joseph. And Joseph had been the favored son in a large family, but it says the brothers became jealous of him. Certain circumstances threw him in a pit. The brothers took him, threw him in a pit, and he was sold off into slavery into Egypt. And years passed. Joseph had had dreams and visions about what God was going to do in his life. And here he ends up as a slave in Egypt. But the story goes on that Joseph had such favor that he grew to be the second. He progressed to be the second highest. He was, only, only, he was second to the Pharaoh in Egypt. He had all power. All these years passed. And as the story goes, it's great famine in the land. And Joseph's family comes seeking food from Egypt. Maybe they have some food. Maybe they've stored up some grain. Joseph was the one that incorporated storing up the grain and knowing that the famine was coming. And these brothers came and they met with Joseph. And finally, Joseph reveals himself to them. And the brothers are horrified. Oh my gosh, it's our brother that we sold into slavery, that we did this to him. What do we do? And Joseph said to them, don't be angry at yourselves. Because see, Joseph knew. He was then faced. The power was put in his hand. What would he do with this offense? What would he do with this negative thing, this ne these hoarding, these negative thoughts? What did he do? Two different families. We saw the one and we see the one with Joseph. And Joseph said, because it's not you who sent me here. He said, but God knew. And God sent me ahead of you to save all of Israel. You see, if we will understand that God has a plan, even through the negative things that happen to us, that God has a plan. And if we will pull up any bitter roots, it will help us see a unique plan that God designed for our life. If not, we will lose our uniqueness. We, we will lose that unique plan that God has for us. Amen. So many opportunities during this time to be upset. So many times to have so many opportunities to have negative thoughts where we're quarantined, we're in, we're in our homes together. There's so much going on. I hear everybody saying, you know, one of, one of our friends picks all the time. He says, I'm firing my wife. She's not, not a good lunchroom lady. She won't cook me lunch while we're all at home. There's so many opportunities right now to get angry with each other, to have things say, yes, yeah, see, I knew you really didn't validate me. I knew you didn't uh, wash the dishes like I asked you to do. Why can't can I get you guys to pick your clothes up off the floor? But you know what? We've got to take authority over those negative thoughts because they will hinder the uniqueness in our family. Deal with them quickly so that a bitter root doesn't spring up and defile many. Amen. This is a quote. I have used this quote for years and it just, it is so powerful. And it goes like this. The greatest breakthrough you may receive is an accepting an apology that you may never get. You may never get that apology that you've waited for, things that have happened in our lives. You may have to just accept the apology that you may never hear. For me in my life, it was the greatest breakthrough I ever experienced was letting go of things that I knew had the potential to grow up in my life and to destroy what the unique plan, the unique plan that God had for me. Amen. Let's talk about what to value, what is unique. Value what is unique to you. I have a couple of points as we're getting ready to close. Value what is unique to only you. And the first point is your scars or your story. We all have scars. We all have a story. We all have a journey. And as we grow in the Lord, these 
become valuable to us. You know, I think about legend has it that the knights of the round table would gather in a room as they were getting prepared for battle and they would gather all in the room and they'd have all their armor on. Uh, these are the greatest warriors known to man during that time. And the king would come in and he'd say, this is a great value uh, battle and I want only my fiercest, fiercest warriors next to me. And they'd pull off their armor and he'd check the scars. And legend has it that those that had the greatest most scars were the ones he said, I want you with me in battle. I want you with me in battle. Somebody needs you in their battle today. And your scars give you, cre they give you credibility to say, I've fought some battles and I've won. You know, I think about David. David and his mighty men. They were all men who were scarred. And David chose them. And they went into battle beside him. Jesus revealed his scars to Thomas in John 20, 27. Jesus revealed his scars to Thomas to prove the power of the resurrection. You know, our scars prove and testify to God's resurrection power in our lives. They are powerful testimony, a powerful testimony of God's power of healing and restoration. That you've walked through some things and you've come out on the other side. So I would ask you today... What's in your hands? Point number two. Number one, how to value our uniqueness. Point number one was to value your scars and your journey. And point number two is what's in your hands? What's in your hands that God has given you that's unique to you, that's different than anyone else? You know, I heard, uh, I saw a Facebook post and I knew this was the point I wanted to make and it just, I had to share this because it goes right along with what we're saying. I believe the young man that, that posted the story was called John Maynard, I may not get it right, but it was a powerful testimony. And he was standing there in front of the camera and he said, you know, I, I, my daddy sent me a letter today and here's what he said. He said, he said, you know, you take this football right here. He said, that's just a 1999 football from Walmart. He said, you put that football in the hands of Prescott and it's worth millions. You see, it depends on whose hand it is. He went on to say, that's a basketball. That basketball might be what, 1995? He said, you put that in Michael Jordan's hands and it's worth millions. And then he went on to say this. He said, you know, a stick is just a stick. You pick a stick up off the ground and you take that stick. But you know, Moses took that stick and he parted the Red Sea with it. Jesus, it was two nails Two nails. To anybody else, it might just be two nails. But to Jesus, it's what brought our salvation and the power of the resurrection. Amen. What's in your hands? You know, there's a powerful uh, uh, quote in a movie that I love so much. And it's Tom Hanks. And he's a widower. And he's, uh, ha he's been alone for a couple of years with his little boy. And in the movie, he takes his little boy. And there's some ser a series of things going on. And he takes that little child and he grabs him and he shakes him and he says... We've done okay, haven't we? Have I messed it up for both of us? Have I ruined it? And the story goes on to say, no, we've done okay. You know, you've done okay with what's been put in your hands. I don't know how God could take a little 17-year-old single mom and put something so valuable in it. My son, who's grown up to be an amazing man of God, a world influencer and changer with a great family, but God knew. He saw in me and he put that in my hands. And I then had to come to the Lord once I came to know the Lord. And I said, Lord, you've put it in my hands. Now I give it back to your hands because I don't know what to do. I don't know how to go forward. I don't know how to fix the mess I've made. But Jesus said, I'll fix the mess you've made. I'll take it. And you know the old saying, you know, take your mess and make a message. 
But what's in your hands? What has God entrusted you with today? Ephesians 2.10 says, We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He's put it in your hands in advance. Moms, what has He put in your hands today? You haven't messed it up. You haven't gone too far. We've all made mistakes. We all have scars. Bring it to Him today and say, here it is, Lord. I submit it unto you.